Live from Harrison County, we welcome you to the Healthy Harrison webcast podcast, a Thanksgiving edition, but still focused on helping you change your state. I'm Gary Bowden, a Healthy Harrison board member, and our co-host today is Brock Malcolm. He's the president of the Healthy Harrison Board of Directors. We're streaming our program live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page, as well as on the state distribution network of our media partner, wvnews.com. Every week at this time, we chat with individuals who are, who are focused on the mission of Healthy Harrison, that being to foster measurable improvement to the health and well-being of the citizens in North Central West Virginia. Sometimes, and I hope uh, both Brock and our guest will agree with me, uh, it takes a mental, spiritual, and physical approach to help us change our state. And I don't think there's anybody better equipped to do that or to help us with that than Dr. Ken Ramsey. Ken is a senior pastor of Bridgeport United Methodist Church. He's been active in religious ministry for many years in North Central West Virginia. He also works in areas of church consulting, cultural analysis, counseling, and social issue engagement. The Reverend Dr. Ramsey is a member of the Healthy Harrison Board of Directors, and we welcome him, and happy Thanksgiving, Ken Ramsey. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you. Good to have you with us. We're going to... Um, yeah, we're going to take a little different tack. You know, we're not going to be talking directly about nutrition necessarily, but we've spoken before in our board meetings. We've spoken with guests on this program that it's a combination of a lot of elements that make up the factors that, uh, I guess, put us in a position to change our state and to maintain that state of, um, of good health and a quality of life. So let's, let's start out, though, learning a little bit more about you. Tell us about your professional journey and what led you to Bridgeport, West Virginia. And then tell us how your work as a pastor and your work with Healthy Harrison complement each other. Well, thank you, Gary. Yeah, I've been in ministry 41 years, uh, mainly in the north central West Virginia area. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm at Bridgeport United Methodist Church now. We have 32 employees. And uh, as, a, as a church community, we try to impact people's lives at, at many different levels. We have six different worship services at three different campuses. We have a, a preschool, uh, an after-school program, start, lots of things like that, lots of efforts uh, to impact people's lives. Uh, I've been a part of Healthy Harrison really since its uh, conception and inception, you might say, uh, and also a part of the steering committee with that where we uh, work with the executive director and other people to, to continue to try to impact in a very holistic way, uh, the, the health of our, of our area. Uh, I've found that the complementing of those roles is, has been outstanding for me because as you already mentioned, uh, sometimes health does involve outward choices and, and food and nutrition and exercise, but very, very much related to that is the inner health of a person. In fact, sometimes, and maybe you would say because of my particular role, I would say this, sometimes I think the inward's the most important uh, because in order to, to stay motivated, to stay inspired, to make those uh, healthy outward choices, we really have to have that, that inner attitude, that sense of mindfulness uh, within us, a concern for our mental and emotional health to, to really spur us on uh, to make the healthy decisions in other areas of our life. So I found them to be very complementary of each other. 
let's dig into that a little bit. So many people today are constantly pushed and pulled in multiple directions. How important is it for us to our health? And how important is it for us to stop, celebrate, be thankful, particularly at this time of the year? Well, absolutely. And I know it goes without saying, we, we all have a lot to be thankful for. There's, there's no question about that. But uh, I always try to emphasize it, that the long-term effects of gratitude have uh, a lot more to do, a lot more to do than just having one day, one moment. Uh, it really has to do with, with fostering that sense of thankfulness every single day. And I think that's so important for individuals because, again, the development of that, of that inward perspective it's not difficult for most people to know the difference between someone ungrateful, uh, you know, an, an ungrateful spirited person, uh, gee whiz, they, they, they're bitter, they got chips on their shoulder, they got high anxiety, they're worrying about this, they're worrying about that. There's a lot of negative emotions feeding in. And then you encounter that person, which all of us have along our journey, that's just a, a grateful, appreciative person. Uh, and, and you can just tell there's a different spirit there. There's something inside of them uh, that's different. Uh, and, and, you know, mindfulness, thankfulness, all of those are, are, are formative types of experiences. And, and we will be formed one way or the other. And I think that the positive way is to look to the example of those people that we, we've known who have been grateful. They're kind, they're smiling. Uh, they sort of have a freedom about them in their spirit. They're attentive to you. Uh, all of those things. And, and that helps the individual, but it also helps the community. Uh, people said individuals form communities, but I've always said communities also form individuals. Uh, and so that fosters that uh, uh, putting the collective in our soul, I guess, a little bit, uh, that sense of connectedness with one another, that sense of compassion that all of us desire. But it actually starts with that inner sense of thankfulness and gratitude uh, and an, an appreciative type of living. You know, Ken, uh, so many people do find themselves mired in sort of negativity and, and, and really it's important for them to understand this is a choice that they can make and they can begin. It's obviously, you know, you have to continually make that choice until it becomes a habit, but it really is about perspective. Yes, Would you yes. be willing to share with us uh, maybe a favorite Thanksgiving memory of yours and, and just talk a little bit about how we can all benefit from taking a little bit of time to, to think back and recollect on special memories that we all share, you know, with our families or with our um, kids or our parents or, or whoever we, you know, right, remember right. during this time of the year. Well, I think uh, inevitably memories are a, a vital part of that for people. Um, I've always said memories don't just reflect past events. Uh, the truth is the power of memory is that it gets woven into the narrative of who you are right now. Sometimes we don't recognize that. Right. Uh, we see a memory as a past event, but the truth is it's woven into my identity. Uh, it becomes formative of my present day living uh, because of that. So it's very important. Now, personally speaking, thank you for that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was raised in rural West Virginia. So Thanksgiving week was sort of outdoor. I, you know, I was raised outdoors, fishing, hunting, hiking, boating, all of those things that, that we tend to do, uh, you know, outdoorsy type people. So my best memories are with my father who's been gone uh, 20 years this year. Uh, my greatest memories are being out in the woods with him. And then my kids uh, being out in the woods with me, 
uh, doing some hunting and and I always called us light hunters because sometimes you would just sit there and look around at the scenery. Uh, so unlike a lot of people, Thanksgiving morning, um, almost every Thanksgiving morning, I'm in the dark and been watching the sunrise over the hills of West Virginia somewhere. And it really is awe inspiring. And when you're there with your uh, with your children, uh, tradition, heritage, and, and again, for, for the audience, everyone's tradition and heritage is different. But the point is that memory, that heritage, that tradition becomes cherished. Uh, it becomes a treasure to you. Uh, and no one can take that memory uh, away at that point. And so I, I think it's so, and, and so in some ways you're remembering times of thanksgiving, but you're also giving thanks that you have the opportunity to remember. I, I mean, I know that sounds like a strange thing, but, but it's such a gift to be able to have quality memories uh, and, and to give thanks for those quality memories uh, of people that have gone before us, uh, family members that formed us, as well as your current, uh, your current family and friends in those situations. You, know, you hit on such an important point because, you know, just myself, for example, as a fa father, you know, I, I look back on the memories I have with my dad and uh, who's now been gone for, you know, several years. And, uh, and it, it does, it, 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 obviously there's, there's good and bad with all those relationships, you know, and, sure, and, sure. and you, you want to take the best parts of that and, and then play it forward with your own kids and, and make sure that you keep those important traditions alive. For the last year, Ken, I mean, for so many people, this COVID pandemic in the last 12 months, uh, people are out of work, people, it's just been a train wreck. Um, what advice do you have for people who, who really need to um, figure out how they can be thankful in this period of time? Do you have some advice on how you might teach us how to be thankful, even in these most trying and challenging of uh, environments? Well, it, it, you're right. The pandemic created uh, and, and is still creating very complex, uh, chaotic, um, distracted times uh, for people. There's no, there's no question about that. Um, Jim Moore had a book one time he wrote. Uh, his title of the book was Attitude is Your Paintbrush uh, because it colors every situation. And I think you could say the same thing about gratitude. Gratitude is your paintbrush. Uh, because it can really influence every situation. It's, it's so easy today uh, to get caught up in that chaos, the no, what I call the noise of the chaos, the noise of the pandemic. Um, you know, distraction happens because of noise. Uh, distraction happens because of busyness. Distraction happens because a lot of people have kind of overbooked their lives. Uh, lots of different things cause people to get distracted. But I really think that a sense of thankfulness uh, can, can overcome that. Uh, a sense of thankfulness can, can really um, bring things into focus, I guess, um, amidst the times in which we're living. Uh, because when I think of uh, thankfulness bringing things into focus, I think of uh, just like maybe for the, for the broadcast here, to have good focus, you gotta have the right light. So gratitude can highlight uh, can help you highlight what's what's wonderful in your life. That brings new light, new perspective. Uh, it also gives you a lens to look through. Uh, gratitude can become a lens that helps you uh, if you're looking through the lens of thankfulness and gratitude, as opposed uh, to to bitterness um, or or feeling like you've been uh, um, shorted in life and that sort of thing. Uh, 
I, I guess the other thing I would say to folks is, is, is amidst all of that, looking through that lens of gratitude is to, even though it is a chaotic time, don't, don't forget to be in awe and wonder of all that is around you. Uh, it, it's so easy to get caught up in that noise and distraction, but when you, when you draw back and look at the whole thing, it's still a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Uh, life, breath, uh, creation, all of the little things around us every single day. If you, if you get caught up in the weeds, you'll not appreciate the, the little things. And I think gratitude and thankfulness helps us to do that. Let me remind our viewers that we're speaking with Dr. Ken Ramsey. He's senior pastor of Bridgeport United Methodist Church. And this Thanksgiving edition of the Healthy Harrison podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, who include WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. We, wanna, we wanted this program to be light and talk about Thanksgiving and uh, the holiday, but also talk about how Thanksgiving uh, in our personal lives can help us lead stronger, better lives, quality of life I mentioned earlier. And at Healthy Harrison, you know this, we frequently talk about the importance of purpose. It's one of our core pillars. Does thanksgiving and or thankfulness help us better define and understand our unique purpose? Well, I think so, Gary. In fact, you mentioned one of the words that I, I uh, people who don't know me don't realize I kind of get hung up on uh, alliteration and rhyme and acronyms and all of that. Uh, but one of the acronyms I've used with especially young adults many times, but I really think that it um, uh, applies to, to, to everyone with regard to purpose. And all of these things that I'll mention sort of in rapid fire function of fashion here is uh, they are enabled, they are made possible when you have, as I said before, when you're looking through the lens of gratitude and you have thankfulness as a core value uh, within yourself makes these so much easier. But when I talk to them about purpose, I'll say presence, presence of people around you, help you under, having significant people around you, understanding, you mentioned understanding, having an understanding of my gifts, my abilities, uh, what particular skills or interests I have, relationships, huge, and we're thankful for those. Relationships are huge in helping people find their purpose in life. Perspective, we've already mentioned that, being able to draw back, look at the larger uh, picture of things. Openness, if I'm going to find my purpose in life, I have to have an open heart and an open mind for the possibilities that are coming my way. If I'm completely closed to all possibilities, I may miss right. uh, an opportunity or purpose that's there. Uh, and then the S is satisfaction. I want the young person, I want myself to have great satisfaction, a sense of contentment, worthiness in what I'm doing. Uh, and then finally, it's just engagement, to go out there and engage in the world, uh, be involved in the world. So that's a real quick uh, P-U-R-P-O-S-E uh, acronym uh, uh, that, that I've used for so many years. But I really think that, again, that inner sense of thankfulness empowers people to be able to make that purposeful discovery. Because that's what we're hoping for, uh, to be healthy, to be whole, uh, to be completed in life, to, to have that sense of completion in life. You really do have to discover that kind of purpose. And, and you mentioned that 
a lot of what we're focusing on, a lot of trying to maintain this healthy perspective in our lives uh, has to do with the people around us. So let's go to another core pillar of healthy Harrison, which is connections. Can the cultural practices of sharing Thanksgiving with family and friends help us change our state? I, I think, you know, over time, if it's kind of one of those things, I, I'm going to, in, in some degree, become a product of my environment. You know, what, I'm, what am I filling my mind with? Who am I interacting with? What uh, interaction and feedback are they giving me? Now, if I marinate, if I marinate in a toxic environment, yeah. then, then that toxicity is going to leak into my person over time. And I think that's one of the challenges people have today is we sort of marinate, if you will, uh, in, in a toxic environment. Well, Thanksgiving thankfulness immediately says, no, 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 no. You need to be uh, soaking yourself, if you will, uh, in, in gratitude and in, in, in thankfulness. You need to go ahead and, and not just internalize, you need to verbalize your thankfulness. But, but I, one of the things I say, you move from verbalize to actualize. Um, I, I mentioned my dad, for example, one time I remember we were a one car family. We weren't real uh, well to do or anything like that. And I was wanting to borrow the car to go out with some friends. Well, my mom and dad already had a dinner appointment at friends. And I reluctantly said, hey, dad, can I borrow the car? And he said, here's what you can do. Here's what I'll do. You drop us off at our friend's house. You go be with your friends in town and then you come back, but you'd be back by 10 o'clock. So when I dropped my mom and dad off, I'll never forget. I was so thankful. I, mean, I know people today think that's odd, but when you're a one car family, you don't have much being able to borrow the car. And so as my dad got out of the car, I said, dad, I just want to thank you again. And he looked back in and he said, don't tell me, show me. <laughs> in other words, don't just tell me you're thankful. Do what you're supposed to do. Right. Be back on time. Live like you're supposed to live. And that's always stuck with me in terms of, of, connecting to the people who are significant around us. It's not, it is telling them certainly, but it's also actualizing, it's showing them. Don't just tell me, show me. Do those small acts of connectedness and compassion and caring that really mean a lot and end up staying with you for a lifetime. Yeah, I, I hear you, uh, but yet you, you have so many people who are gonna be out there and saying, but in this, in this environment, in this pandemic, um, you know, we're, we're being told not to connect. You know, we're told to stay away, to socially distance. How can we continue to benefit from connections in this current climate where we're dealing with social distancing and quarantining and, and becoming increasingly more disconnected uh, from the people that, um, you know, we work with or, or hang out with in past years? Well, of course, you know, always the, with, with the health and safety protocols that we have had in place and continue to have in place, we always need to be very respectful and cognizant of that. But when you are, I would say when you are able to spend time, to try to spend time in meaningful environments is a way of fostering the connection. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, I'll, I'll have people say, well, I'm spending great time uh, with my family because we went to a movie. Well, that may work. But how much interaction did you really have? Or we were at a ball game, or we were at a concert. I say it's really the smaller, which would be safer as well. <laughs> it's really the smaller environment. Uh, if you're going to spend time together, spend time together in a meaningful environment. Uh, 
uh, where you can interact some with each other. And the other thing I've said recently, uh, Brock and Gary, uh, which kind of gets a smile from some people in there, you know, I'm not sure, but you know, the old fashioned ways of, of sharing and developing connectedness almost have disappeared. Uh, when's the last time you received a written, handwritten love letter from your spouse? When's the last time you received a handwritten love letter to or, or sent one to a significant other person? When's the last time grandma actually read a handwritten note from one of her grandchildren? And you say, well, it's just a throwback. No, no, no. It's because we've been on this environment so long with the screen, just like we're looking at right now, we fail to appreciate how, how meaningful. You know, a screen, just like this broadcast, it can come and go, people can revisit it. But trust me, the grandmother who's living by herself, she's rereading that handwritten letter almost every day. It's true. Uh, she's re she's taking it out. She's looking at that card uh, that loved one, that spouse, that significant other, that partner, that friend. They got that letter. Some of them carry. I guess old fashioned ways, old fashioned ways of of reconnecting. Now's the time because it may it 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 could be more meaningful than we can probably fathom. And those of us who are used to more to the digital environment and that sort of thing, I think we undersell that, and we need to be even saying to our younger people. Hey, take out a pen and paper, write it down, because trust me, grandma, mom, that friend, even I'll venture to say if a young person happens to be asking that that boy or girl that you may be interested in, that would get their attention. <laughs> a handwritten note? Goodness gracious, what is that? But I'm just saying that sort of, again, smiling, but to say there's a connectedness in, in those uh, old-fashioned ways of actually writing it out that can really help people this time. And then the other thing I've said to people in connectedness, pick one one thing that if it's a, just your small family, if it's a couple or a small family group, pick one thing each month that you absolutely love to do, love to do together, and make sure you do it. Just, just even once a month right now, just one thing that you really enjoy doing together and say, you know, guys, kids, wife, spouse, friend, we're going to make sure we do this at least once a month because we all love it. And I think that helps to foster that sense of connectedness. Well, you know, Ken, uh, here in the next couple of weeks, people are going to be sending Christmas cards. And that's a great opportunity to, rather than just generically put a card in an envelope and address it and send it off, to, to write something right. special, you know, to put in there something that you like about the person, something you're thankful for that person for, something that you remember, for sure, uh, for sure. you know, a shared memory. And, and to try to really uh, begin expressing to people how you feel as opposed to just going through the motions. I think it's such a great idea. Um, I know you do a lot of counseling and coaching. When you, when you come across people who are struggling with their personal goals, whether it's weight loss or changes in diet or being more positive or you know, whatever their goals may be, uh, how do you bring them back around to the value of thankfulness rather than dwelling on their failures? You know, that's a really good question. And, and uh, honestly, I think it's a good question to ask at this time of year because the, the, in, in counseling, coaching, and that sort of thing, one of the things I've noticed is that when some, the, the, the ability to work through some of that is directly related to that person's sense of giftedness with regard to life. Uh, and, and I certainly won't get heavy here. For me, of course, it's a, it's a faith perspective. It may be a, just a general sense of giftedness. What I mean to that is that we realize that there's an undeserved element to life. 
uh, a lot of the blessings and things that I've received, you know, they just kind of came my way. Uh, I, I didn't deserve them. There's a giftedness to that. And at the same time, so, so along the way in life, you're going to get some undeserved blessings, and then you're going to get some undeserved calamities. Uh, but, but in the whole sense of things, when you understand that there's this undeserved element of life, both good and bad sometimes, those folks seem to be able to acquire uh, a perspective that enables them to move forward a little bit, uh, a little bit better, to realize that I'm a recipient of that which I do not deserve, and that's going to be good, and, and related to that to help people sort of navigate the storm, if you will, is I, I always try to remind them, realize that all the weather patterns of life are normal. They're not abnormal. I, I think that's one of the things people get stuck in. Uh, gee whiz, I'm having a blue day. I'm having a terrible day. I'm disillusioned. I'm downhearted. I'm depressed. Don't see yourself as someone to be fixed at that point. That's normal. And I, I use a weather pattern example because I say to people all the time, sun, rain, snow, sleet, hail, storms. We don't walk outside and, and it's rainy and cloudy and say, boy, this is an abnormal day. No, it's a normal day. Uh, it, it, it's not preferable all the time, but it's normal. So if people realize that the different weather patterns of life as being normal, I think it helps them to navigate that. Uh, I remember an elderly man in one of my uh, congregations, he always greeted me with thankful every day. I'd say, how you doing? Thankful every day. How you doing? Thankful every day. Uh, he had lost his son. He buried a spouse. But still, every time he greeted me, even after that, thankful every day. Now, you have to look at that and say, where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, there was a sense of giftedness, a sense of perspective in life, a sense that of a connectedness to all of humanity uh, that, yeah, I'm going to have some losses, some storms, some hard times, but, you know, everyone else has as well. And so I can remain thankful, as Brock mentioned earlier, actually, I can choose to remain thankful in, in the valleys as well as on, in, on the mountains. You, you know, and you, you mentioned that, and it's just so easy to understand how some people can treasure and enjoy just getting up and living through every day when they have that attitude. It can make such a difference in your life, just being open to the things that are still there and that should make you thankful on a regular basis. This uh, special Thanksgiving edition of our Healthy Harrison podcast is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. We're speaking with a Healthy Harrison board member, the Reverend Dr. Ken Ramsey. He's also the pastor, senior pastor of Bridgeport United Methodist Church. Uh, I'm going to keep into the coaching counseling uh, uh, area, keep that hat on you for a moment, uh, but get into more of the, I want you to help me with my tr nutrition part of Thanksgiving. Overeating at Thanksgiving is a time-honored tradition and, and not one of the core pillars of Healthy Harrison. Uh, can, can, you, can you help me, help us walk away from the dinner table guilt-free? Well, I don't know if I can help you walk away guilt-free, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that, that one of the things we, uh, if you think about the thanks and giving, 
uh, together. Uh, yes, there's a lot to be thankful for, and I think that's one of the reasons that it's become a feast day, like other feast days, because that reminds us of the bounty, and of course, coming at the sort of the end of the harvest, if you do, if you do. But sometimes we forget that second part of it, and that is giving. Um, if if you say, boy, it's kind of a morbid thought, I, I never thought think so, but I give thanks for what I have, but I realize there are there are so many people that have so much less. So surely I could, um, uh, very practical, for example, I've said to people, and instead of spending everything that you normally spend to host your 20 family members or 10 and with just all of the trimmings, why not simplify and every bit of the, the dollars that you save, you send to the soup kitchen or to the mission or to some other place. Same thing with Christmas. Why not, why not uh, um, you know, scale that down with the understanding that yes, we're giving, we're giving thanks, but we're also giving <laughs> uh, at that point so that we don't just uh, every now and then uh, give out to people, but so that the giving part becomes a regular part of who we are. I, I, I can't over I can't overemphasize the fact that the more you give out to others, the more the sense of thankfulness uh, sets you free inside uh, to live your life. Maybe, maybe you remember. I don't know. That we really have time. I, I'll shorten it really quick. But maybe you remember. It's a very familiar story. People can look it up for themselves. And and uh, Coach Courtney gives. But you remember Bill Courtney, who a uh, number of years ago coached uh, Manassas High School in Memphis. He was asked to coach this little um, little school a very limited football team, uh, an all-black uh, neighborhood. And, and, and Coach Courtney tells a story of going in there, and, he, and he, he broke through with some of the kids, but some of the kids just remained at a distance. So finally he asked one kid named Jamie, who he had gotten to know for a while, Jamie, why are all the other guys so, so distant from me? Why can't I connect with them? And he said, you really want to know? And he said, yeah, I really want to know. He said, they're waiting to see if you're a turkey person. And Coach Courtney said, what do you mean? He said, and this little Jamie from that neighborhood said, well, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, people from the suburbs and their minivans and suburbans drive in, they drop off a food basket and a turkey. And of course, we take the food basket and the turkey because we need it. He said, but then they leave and we never see them again until next Thanksgiving or, or next Christmas. And they're just waiting to see, are you just doing this to help us poor folk out? Or are you really interested in helping us? Courtney said that was an eye-opener to him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what I would say in terms of even pushing away from the table a little bit, literally <laughs> pushing away from the table yeah. and, and offering some of that table to other people yeah. that aren't present at that moment. Uh, and, and doing that on a, on a regular, ongoing basis throughout the year, not just at the, the turkey people time, uh, but all through the year, if a young family happens to be watching this, you will give no greater gift to your children than forming them into people who care about other people. You will be forming young people for the future that our world desperately needs. That's well said. Um, you know, when people do get together with their families, can so often you know, they, they bring past grudges and, and hurts and, and, and they try to put those behind them for the day and try to get along. Do, do you have any, any tips for, for the people out there who may be dreading the holidays because of those uh, strained relationships and, and, and how they can kick off this holiday season with a, 
a goodwill on earth sort of perspective, uh, even when it's really difficult. Well, I, I, it's a point well taken, Rob. You know, I, I, when people talk about families and holidays, I always remind them, yes, there are families that are strong, uh, but there are also families that are broken. Uh, there are families that are estranged from one another. Uh, there are families that are, are still dealing with uh, long, long-standing and deep-seated difficulties. Um, setting those aside uh, are not necessarily easy, and a lot of people choose not to do that. Uh, they just won't be getting together with their family. Um, but what I would, would say over time, really related to looking at some of the things we've already talked about, is, is choose to put on a different lens. Uh, we, all, we all have, and, and the, the first look to take is to look in the mirror and to say, you know what? We all have our faults. We all have our brokenness. We all have our difficulty. There's been times I've said things I shouldn't have said. There's been times I've been wrong. There's been times I've wronged others. So let's put, let's, let's get that perspective again. You know, uh, the, the hardest person to lead is yourself. And so I need to look in the mirror first. And then once I look in the mirror, I can look out and, and hopefully see even my, even my, the brokenness of my life uh, as important pieces. I remember a gentleman in um, one of my churches had all of us one time uh, take a little pane of, uh, of, of colored glass and drop it in a box. Then he taped it up. He dropped the box. You heard the glass shattered. We thought, what in the world's he doing? The next, the next week he came back, we didn't realize he had worked with stained glass all his life. And he took those broken shards of colored glass and he had made a beautiful framed picture of stained glass. And he was trying to say to us, yes, there's brokenness, but even brokenness, if, you're, if you have it in the right hands, can, can turn into a different picture. And so it's not, I, I think it's a mistake. I'll say this right up front. I think it's a mistake to ignore the brokenness. I think you find a way to embrace it, realizing that we're all broken. And so all of our brokenness becomes a part of the, of the larger picture. And hopefully over time that can help families heal if they realize that all of their brokenness is part of the picture. Yeah, so often people are waiting for that apology that doesn't come. And, yeah, and so, you know, a lot of times I'm sure you'd agree that, um, you have to forgive people and the holidays are a great time to do that because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself, right? It's the, they say holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else gets sick. You're just poisoning yourself. So um, I'm sure obviously uh, given your, your faith background that forgiveness is such a huge message, but the holidays are a really good time to give that gift to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and offering that to folks. Uh, probably could be the greatest gift of all. And, and, and again, going back to something I said earlier, the whole idea of the undeserved nature of life, we've all been given, you say, well, they don't deserve to be free. We've all been given something we didn't deserve from time to time. And so why not be the one that offers something? You say, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Why not offer it anyway? It's really not just healing for them. It's healing for you, as you said, Rob. We've got a couple more questions, Ken, and then we'll, okay. we'll wrap up. In, in your sure. coaching and counseling, what's the biggest challenge you encounter or, or routinely see in, in the people you work with that limits them or keeps them from becoming the best version of themselves? Well, one, one of them we've just mentioned, I think, holding on to um, unresolved emotions. Uh, is huge. Uh, hanging on to unresolved emotions, people's pasts cloud their presence and end up messing up their future. 
yeah. because of an event. Either they were participants in it, it was circumstantial, might not might have been out of their control. That happens, the victims, things like that. But because they, whatever it is, they didn't resolve their past. You have to resolve your past in some fashion if you're going to live freely in the present and into the future. So I think that's uh, vitally important. And then on a very practical level, I, I run into all of the time, and I, I alluded to this earlier, uh, people have overbooked their lives. And I have said for a number of years, we're setting a pace for a generation that is an unsustainable pace. And we need to draw back a little bit, those pause moments, those moments of refueling, if you will, of pausing, of breathing. Families aren't breathing now. They're juggling more, more things than they've ever jugged. They're flitting to and from. Uh, families seldom sit down at the table. Maybe that's why Thanksgiving's such a wonderful thing because they finally sit down at the table that they hadn't seen in months because <laughs> they're going through the drive-through. They're on the go. I know this. I lived it myself when my kids were younger. Slow down. Uh, that overbooking of your life and setting an unsustainable pace is very unhealthy emotionally and physically. It's an unsustainable pace uh, for Stop. people. And then the final thing I would say would be the toxicity of that we mentioned of, of the social environment. Uh, I think you should limit, though we want people to watch uh, <laughs> the podcast, <laughs> I, I think we, we, we really should consider moving forward into the future of what we don't know about the influences we're starting to know, but the influences of social media and those sorts of, of in toxic environments where they're constantly glued to it for extended periods of time. We need to really examine that as a culture and help our young people especially be healthier in the future by not having that kind of dependency. Stop and smell the roses, as they say. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Ken, to kind of uh, put a, a wrap on this, uh, Gary and I were thinking we'd put your... Uh, your reverend uh, doctor title to the test. And uh, <laughs> for all of our people out there who are saying, I can become a better, stronger, more thoughtful, more purposeful, and overall healthier person uh, this Thanksgiving and, and thereafter, if I only just do this, what, what's the answer? Oh boy, thanks a lot guys. No pressure. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted to finish strong. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, um, here, here's a simple answer uh, that I've used many times, and then people can unpack this as they go, because obviously, if I put on my reverend title, we'd be here another hour. Uh, and that is, what I would encourage you to do is to visit three cities. Simplicity, authenticity, and reciprocity. You visit those three cities regularly. Simplicity, simple. Yeah. Authenticity, being genuine. And then reciprocity, giving back to other people that which you have received. Those three cities, you visit those three cities regularly and often, I think you would be well on the right track, not only for thankfulness, uh, but to, to enrich your journey from here on out. Well, we thank everyone for joining us today, and we especially uh, thank our special guest, the Reverend Dr. Ken Ramsey, for joining us on this Thanksgiving edition of the Healthy Harrison podcast. Good to have you along, Ken. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Brock. Thanks so it's much. It's our goal to change uh, your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health here in and throughout West Virginia. 
if you want more help right now, visit HealthyHarrison.org or visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page and give us a like, if you would, while you're there. You'll find lots of support. You can stream past episodes of our podcast while you're on the Facebook page. Again, we want to thank our sponsors. They help make this podcast possible each and every week. WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. On behalf of Healthy Harrison, Brock and I thank you for joining us today. And again, we thank Dr. Ken Ramsey for being a part of our program. See everyone next time and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.